Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, and it's designed to get us into God's Word for a little bit each day, about 12 or 13 minutes or so, and in that way, try to keep us focused on our spiritual lives, try to help us grow in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And all of this helps, again, keep us focused on our relationship with God. Now, you know people in your life who need to refocus their thinking, the direction of their lives, their mindset. Encourage them. Share these studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends. You can do that through text messages. Many, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. But help them start to think about their spiritual lives, their souls, their relationship with God you may help them get on the right path that ultimately will lead them to heaven itself. So think what a great and, in, and eternal good impact you can have on their lives. Share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally anybody and everybody. Make up your mind. Make that commitment. Start sharing these short studies with everybody you can. I want us to think about this new year. Now we could use some kind of little quippy statement of encouragement such as a new beginning. Or maybe we might say a new year, a new beginning. Or we might say a new year and a new you. Or a new you in a new year. Well, you've heard all of these before, haven't you? And you start using statements like this, and people might quickly conjure up in their minds the idea of uh, a weight loss clinic, or maybe a fitness club, or a hair salon, or some infomercial that's going to tell you how your body can be rejuvenated, your skin can be rejuvenated, you can just peel off years of appearance from your physical lives. Well, we've heard all of that. But I don't want to be talking along those lines. I'm not talking about physical betterment here. I'm talking about spiritual betterment. I'm talking about focusing on our spiritual well-being. Are you satisfied with where your soul is at the beginning of this new year? Are you satisfied? Are you where you would like to be spiritually? Is your relationship with God what it should be, what it can be? what it ought to be. This is the time of year when many people make all kinds of New Year's resolutions. And in their mind, as they make those resolutions, they're looking at trying to better themselves in some way, or maybe in a number of different ways. But most of those resolutions go by the wayside within a fairly short period of time. We may write them down, at least some of them, or we may tell somebody who we feel fairly close to about one or two of them. And the idea might be that I'm making a commitment here, and I'm making a commitment before some other people who I know, and that may help me actually keep the commitment. But again, I think most of those even fall by the wayside fairly quickly. Well, let me encourage you to think deeper 
than normally people would think in making New Year's resolutions. I want you to think about your spiritual needs. I want you to think about doing better and getting better in your relationship with God. I want you to think about your soul, your faith. As you think about this new year, and boy, we've had a different year gone by, haven't we? But we really could say that, to some degree at least, about virtually every year that goes by. As you think about this new year, consider some common cliches that a lot of people use, not just at the beginning of the year, but that they use by way of encouragement or commitment, or at least encouraging somebody else to be committed. So this year, put your hand to the plow. How many times have you heard that particular expression? Put your hand to the plow. Well, that gives the idea of making a commitment and sticking with it. In Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 1, the Hebrews writer, he talked about this kind of idea or this principle of putting your hand to the plow from the perspective of running a race. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and those witnesses would have been of those, those men of renown and women of, rema- of renown that were mentioned in the 11th chapter, the previous chapter of the book of Hebrews. People who stand out in character and example from the scripture account in the Old Testament. So since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Run the race. Run the race to its completion. Run it fully, with full commitment and dedication. He says, hey, lay aside every weight that might be holding you down, holding you back, slowing you in your progression, in your being able to win this race victoriously. Now, he's talking about the life of Christianity. He's saying, hey, stick with it. Finish the course. Well, that's another cliche, isn't it? That fits right in with this one. Finish the course. Don't stop. Don't quit. Run it all the way to the end. Then keep your eye on the finish line. But not just on the finish line. Keep your eye on he who is standing at the finish line, waiting for you with the victory crown. And that is the Lord and Savior himself, Jesus Christ. Oh, what an encouragement that should be to us. Run that race to the end. And you know, we don't have to finish first in this race to be victorious. We just have to finish faithful. We could compare this to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 24 and 25. And here the apostle Paul writes, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it that you may obtain the prize. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or in self-control in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we 
for an imperishable crown. We're talking about the crown of life. Eternal life with God in Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven. Now the next section of that particular text in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 talks about this kind of dedication and commitment in living the Christian life from a different perspective, using a different illustration. He goes on and says, Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. In other words, he's saying, running the race of Christianity, living the lifestyle of Christianity, firmly dedicated, committed all the way to the end, and therefore being assured of victory, the victory crown, the crown of life. He says, I'm not, I'm not fighting this fight like I'm shadow boxing, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. No, he says, I'm, I'm fighting this fight with full commitment. Full commitment. Yes, I'm not going to give up on this particular challenge. In 2, Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 4, as the Apostle Paul is facing what would seem to be imminent execution for his faith, for his faithfulness, for his work of spreading the gospel as a Christian, a gospel preacher, and an apostle of Jesus Christ. He said in verse 6, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And he combines both of those allusions or illustrations or comparisons as to finishing his life faithfully. Faithfully. I have finished the race. I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. Jesus talked about a farmer along this line of putting your hand to the plow. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 62, he said, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, what does he mean by looking back? Well, turning back, being once again perhaps entranced by the ways of the world. But you know, a farmer who looks back while plowing, it has been said, will end up with crooked rows. And a Christian who looks back after he has become a Christian to the ways of the world, looking back longingly to the life that he has left behind through repentance and obedience to his Lord, well, that Christian is going to have a crooked life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verses 13 and 14, to enter in by the straight gate, because broad is the way and or wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be who go down that particular road, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Did you get that? Straight is the gate. It's the way of truth, and truth is narrow and straight. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be who find it. Oh, it's the way of the straight and narrow pathway and reality of truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In John chapter 8 and verse 32, well, we need to stay on that narrow pathway of truth in order to ultimately be freed from the condemnation of sin and live that life of freedom 
and then enjoy eternal life with our Heavenly Father. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 40, when we read about the apostles and particularly Peter preaching the gospel on Pentecost, the day the church was established on this earth, after he had preached to them and after they had asked, what shall we do? That is, those Jews gathered there that day. And he responded saying, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 38 of Acts chapter 2. And then in verse 40, with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse or crooked generation. Make up your mind, set the course, put your hand to the plow, finish the race. Don't fight this fight, this spiritual battle, as if you're just beating the air or shadow boxing. But be engaged every day, all day, all the way, and finish the course. Don't look back. What a great, what a great encouragement for us today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to put our hands to the plow, to make our commitment to live for you and walk with you in obedience and faithfulness all day, every day. Help us to not look back. Help us to be absolutely committed. And when we stumble, please pick us up and help us get back on the right path. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.